Howdy guys, I know a lot of you, just like me, are struggling with how the quarantine has been affecting your training. Schools, clubs, and tournaments all over the country have been shut down and with them, any opportunity to make strong gains in the postseason. Well, look no further as the M2 Training Center Online Learning Membership solves all of your problems. With live online practices led every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday by world champion David Taylor, you can be sure that the M2 Online Learning Membership is the best place to make growths during these trying times. Register now at m2trainingcenter.com. That's www.m2trainingcenter.com. And register today to make the most of your quarantine training. All right. Hey, Nazar, thanks for uh, coming on. How are you doing, my man? Doing pretty good. Thank you uh, for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um, so, dude, how is, uh, how's quarantine been affecting your life? Uh, it's been different. It's been very different, obviously. Uh, never been in this situation before in my life. and uh, But it's good. It's challenging. Um, you know, trying to be creative, trying to find different workouts, trying to, you know, do whatever I can with uh, not so much of equipment that I have, you know. So it's, right. it's been interesting. Where do you, uh, where are you training right now? So uh, I'm training in Twin Cities and uh, part of Golfer Wrestling Club through university. And, uh, but right now, I'm uh, in Wisconsin, right by Madison area, where my fiance lives, and uh, pretty much live here for about nine years in, Mad and in Wisconsin. So in Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. And you went, to college in, um, you went to college in Wisconsin, correct? Correct, yep. Mm -hmm. Went to college in uh, UW Oshkosh, and uh, it's about... It's close to Green Bay. Where's Green Bay Packers? About an hour away mm -hmm. or so. So, dude, that's awesome. So, um, you know, you said that. What kind of workouts have you been trying to do? How are you being creative with your with your training right now? Um, just trying to do little challenges. So, uh, if uh, you follow me on Instagram, mm -hmm. I try and do I try and do challenges. I saw like your some... your backflip stuff where you do backflip and then roll yourself out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I have a. Uh, I'm fortunate to have a little gym and Stoughton about 20 minutes away from here. I coach, coach kid Luke Meckler and his dad built a nice garage and uh, fortunate enough to have Matt there and uh, do sense in motion and also have a little lifting equipment. So it's been very helpful. Mm -hmm. But other than that at home, you know, I just trying to do different things I can do, like do regular push-ups, you know, and then trying to make it more interesting, more fun. So I try to do uh, as more creative things as possible, trying to find things on YouTube, trying to challenge myself, um, do anything possible, trying to do online training as well. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of places called me out and I did uh, online training sessions for about 30 minutes and trying to be better at organizing workouts with minimal equipment mm -hmm. and uh, things like that. So it's been fun. Mm. So, you know, how has... Obviously, like, your training's been affected by the quarantine, but, like, how has your mentality changed from hearing that, you know, Olympic trials has been postponed, then the Olympics have been moved the whole back a whole nother year? How does this affect your life? I feel like the way I think right now is uh, I have more time to get better. Mm. Okay, so I'm not trying to be negative, trying to stay as positive as possible, and uh, instead of getting ready for Olympic trials and... Uh, you know, and only had a month or so. Now I know I have more time to to get better. Yeah. It's just that simple. So I'm trying to use this time as uh, better as possible in order to get better every day. Did you did you think that they were gonna postpone the Olympics? Uh, yes. Yep. Uh, obviously, as soon as that NCAA started with NCAA, mm. um, obviously, uh, just to talking to everybody and uh, I. I realized that everything's going to get postponed as well. So. Was that hard for you to come to terms with, or uh, was it was it did it really matter to you? Um, yeah, obviously it's a little different because I'm more of a planning guy. I like mm -hmm. to plan things out, and uh, and uh, but didn't really affect me too much. If right. you I mean, think positive and you, it. yeah, not canceling. As long as you stay positive and you know it's still out there, and you get. Hmm more time to get better i think it's not a big deal oh yeah it is so let's 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 take it all the way back to the beginning um Nazar, where are you from and and uh how did you get introduced to the sport of wrestling 
So I'm originally from the Ukraine. And I don't know if some of you don't know where that country is. It's between Russia and Poland and mm. Europe. And uh, when I was seven years old, there's two sports in my town, soccer and wrestling. So uh, the first one I went to soccer because everybody plays soccer and it's uh-huh. more popular sport and it's the number one sport in, in the world right now, fortunately. So I went and played soccer and uh, I was show up to first practice and coach told me that I'm a little too young and oh. I should come back next year. How old were you? I was seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. So I think his group was starting from was eight years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I was a little too young and uh, I was sad. So I really wanted to play, but so I had to wait a year and then end up going to wrestling gym. Actually, my dad took me. Uh, my brother, he's uh, not a wrestler, but he wrestled for a year and he's way older than me. He's uh, 14 years older than me. So uh, he he wrestled and my dad already knew about sport of wrestling, about the coach. And he took me there and uh, and everything started. I've been I was rough right away. Then yeah. beat up a lot, and uh, it took me a couple of months to get better. And went to first tournament and uh, and lost. And then <laughs> trying to keep getting better, I wanted to quit a couple of times. My dad been really supportive and just been there all the way. And then I won second tournament, and it's kind of got me really excited about oh. sport. So and uh, yeah, started from there. It's where I really caught that feeling of winning, which is amazing. And uh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, did your dad wrestle? Uh, no, my dad never wrestled. He never had opportunity. Mm. Thing is, in Ukraine, if you grow up in a regular village like he did, uh, there's really not much going on. You know, there's no high schools that has wrestling program or basketball or football or any of that. Mm-hmm. So the system is way different. It was uh, it was a Soviet Union system, and it was all different. There's a couple clubs in the country, you know, they're really good, yes. and there's no wrestling around or any sports. So he ended up being a musician, just like my brother. Wow, that's really yeah. cool. Um, so okay, so you you had some success. How old were you when you started winning tournaments? Uh, well, first one I won when I was seven. I mean, mm. after about six months yeah. of training or so. Yeah. yeah, and the uh, tournaments out there is way different. Uh, it's not too as many tournaments that we have in the United States. Right. So there's 25 regions, pretty much like little states, and uh, and there's maybe four, five, six tournaments a year. So brackets are pretty big because of that. Oh yeah. So like every tournament you go, it's like 30 people at least in your bracket. Right. So. And so like to win something, you know, like like big like that as a you know as a young guy, that's it's got to be pretty motivating. Absolutely. Now, did it? Did you just? It just took off right away. You were like, "I love this now." Um, yeah, that that the just feeling, the satisfaction, you know, the feeling of winning just yeah. made me really excited about sport, and I just want to come back to the wrestling room and just keep learning because I want to feel that again. So, did you? Did you? Um, did you play any more soccer or anything like that all through through youth, or did you just all, all oh, wrestling we- all year round? I wrestle all the way around, but maybe about fifth, sixth grade, uh, our class uh, needed a couple guys to play soccer, and I did maybe a couple tournaments right. just inside, yeah. just for fun, but nothing really that mm. all wrestling. So here, here's a question: Tell us about the difference between training in the Ukraine, between training in America. How are they different? How are they the same? What's it like? So in Ukraine, um, how would I say? Let's see. Well. There's no folk style. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, freestyle and Greco is two different sports. You cannot do both. It's, oh. uh, it's like playing football and uh, and playing hockey, you know. It's two different <laughs> sports. Whoa. So I never really see Greco guys until, like, I was training Olympic Center in Ukraine. And then, oh, there's Greco guys. Oh, there's that. But freestyle and Greco is completely different. So... I had a freestyle club in my town, so it's just freestyle. And uh, it's club. It's only clubs. And uh, mm-hmm. and training uh, is different. Our warm-up's about 40 minutes. So, like, start from the beginning when you're a little kid. Uh, the coaches focus more on uh, how to fall correctly, how to uh, get the good base, good stance, 
like simple detailed things, you know, just and and it's been Soviet Union system. It's why Soviet Union was really good in wrestling uh, back in the days because they had that all scheduled program. Um, maybe I like it some way. I don't like another way, but it's it's good structure for little kids, especially. And my coach was a more of a little kid coach, and uh, so warm up was really long and uh, and. A lot of time you just work on situations, like mm-hmm. a lot of different situations, kind of stuff, and li- way more life, way more situation than just kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, here's one move, here's another move. Okay, now we wrestle for 30 minutes, figure it out, kind of thing. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Now, was it like hard live or was it more like play wrestling, you know, feeling uh, out the position? No, we don't play out there. No. Oh, no, straight up going hard. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How long were practices usually? Two hours, sometimes two and a half. So oh, really man. long practice for like, but for like a little, for a little kid, that's for, for, for a little kid, I would say it was hour and a half, but as okay. you get older. So my coach, he's, uh, he was, uh, um, uh, you know, call factories when you like dig the call out. Mm-hmm. So he worked pretty much six, seven hours doing that. And then he had three back to back practices. Oh man. And, uh, and then that would be for like. Little guys, yeah, little little age. guys, and Old then a uh, little bit older kids, middle school, I would say, and then high school and and adults and senior level, like the third one, mm-hmm. and uh, I would say hour and a half, and then two hours, two hours next two practices. So start with the fifth grade or so, fourth fifth grade, start getting practices to two hours and. And you cannot leave the gym until you get a lift done as well. So we had like one big circuit and you have to do at least one circuit of a lift. So it took about 30 minutes. So. Mm. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So you had, you had a really successful youth career, right? Um, can you tell us about like what kind of success you had on, on the cadet scene? Okay. So uh, let's see. So I have a big transition in my life when I was 12 years old, my coach, had a little breathing problem since he worked for 20 years in that coal factory and just mm. underground all the time. So he needed to move away. So he moved away to Yuzhne, Ukraine, which is uh, right by Black Sea. It's right by Odessa, mm-hmm. southern. It's like, you know, and when you breathing that sea air, it's really healthy for you. So he decided to move out there. And it's about, I mean, close to a thousand miles away. Whoa. And, uh, and he trying to talk my dad and my mom into me moving with him. And uh, my mom was against it. My dad said it's a good opportunity. And uh, I ended up moving with him when I was 12 years old. Whoa. Yeah. And, uh, was so that hard moved... for you? Was it hard to be away from your family? Oh, it was really hard. I was 12 years old. So, right. you know, it's just, uh, just a kid who sees his family twice, three times a year. And uh, when I see them, it was only for a couple of days too. So it was, I was tough. So I moved with my coach and, uh, and then where cadet scene started. The first, uh, I was 13 years old and there's a first national tournament that they allow me to wrestle. Okay. So like cadets, it's, I believe it's 14 to 16 years old. And uh, when I was 12, I tried to compete, but they didn't allow me yet. Oh. And then when I was 13, they allowed me for a first time. Since I was three years younger still, and uh, I ended up winning it, and uh, so I, I was big. I was really big, and uh, I started really. I mean, the training was tougher. I started training twice a day. My coach woke me up every day at five a.m. for runs. He was biking. I was running on the sea and uh, did sprints and all that. So I started really, you know, pick up my training and uh, go to school and then come back and then another practice. But there is really nice club. They take care of us. And uh, so I ended up winning the first national title. And then so every fall, there's just regular national tournament. And mm-hmm. every spring, there's trials. Okay. And uh, so, so I didn't allow to wrestle at trials yet because they didn't allow me still the same year. Yeah. But the following year, I won regular nationals. And I took second in trials. And it was brutal. I I was a really like crazy story. I was winning, you know. There's a old rules when you have to win two periods out of three. Mm-hmm. So I won first period and second period. Uh, about 30 seconds to go in the match, lights turned off an entire building. 
Oh, and the power goes out. Board and everything, and light just off. And it was, and I, I know it's 30 <laughs> seconds ago because my dad was videotaping the entire thing. He's always with a camera. Oh. And it was 30 seconds to go. And, uh, and then they turned the lights on and everything. And they said, okay, one minute left. I was like, what? It was 30 seconds, but whatever. You, you keep wrestling and there's, uh, you know, the buzzer usually uh -huh. takes off in minute 30 because it was minute 30. It wasn't two minutes in the clock in those periods. And that kid forgot about that he had to do it automatically because only minute left. So I remember oh. the time out and I'm just, and he's in front headlock. He's still looking to score and I'm just keep circling, but I'm already like, I know I won. And he just keeps circling and he scored way late. And the kid never pressed bother. And they and referee like oh it was still one point take down it was one point take down oh and he won less and I was like so confused that was like horrible organization like sometimes they screwed you over there like that Man. and the kid ended up winning uh, that match um, and uh, yeah he ended up taking second year so those couple of years there's no world championships in cadets mm -hmm. I I don't know what all backup story I just heard that some country cheated and uh and they just wrestle away older guys and they have mm -hmm. to stop the world championships mm -hmm. for a couple of so there's only european championships and that kid ended up taking second in the european championship wow so and, you um, you were right there to be you know, yeah, one of the best kids yeah. and then next year the goal just to win it and i end up winning trials and i go to european championships next year and uh all the way to semifinals i end up wrestle with haji aliyev I don't know if you know him from Azerbaijan. Yeah, no, I know him. He's a three-time mm -hmm. world champion. And it was a close match, and uh, I ended up losing to him in the semifinals. And I ended up taking third place. And uh, Haji Aliyev lost to Hinga and Shuli in the finals from uh, Georgia. So I had a pretty good bracket. Ended up taking third. And then I still had one more year in cadets, and I was getting ready. But my dad won green card lottery, which is, allows us to come over to the United States. And pretty much I had a choice either to take off to the United States with my dad and mom or still training and, you know, do my thing in Ukraine. And I had one more year in cadets and their juniors and everything. Right. And I ended up going to U.S. And it was the best decision I ever made. Wow. So. Was it hard? Okay. So so let's go back. To, explain what the, the green card lottery is, um, you know, for someone in Amer like an American citizen. What, how would you explain the green card lottery? So pretty much every year, uh, the person and I would say older Soviet Union system, I, there's a couple countries that do it, maybe Ukraine, Russia, Belarus. I'm not sure who else, maybe Moldova, mm -hmm. but some of those countries. And there's like, a, I know there's the chance of winning the lottery is only half a percent. So one oh person gosh. out of 200 is winning. And I would say about half a million people are playing. So the chance is really small. And uh, every year, uh, my sister started doing that. So every year, she just apply herself, apply, apply, apply. And then she told my dad it? about it. Uh, I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think you have oh. to pay. You, when you win, then in order to come, you, you have to pay. Mm -hmm. And uh, my sister did it for multiple years. My brother did it for multiple years. But then my dad tried for first time because my sister told him about it and he won for a first try wow yeah. what was that like for you what, what tell us tell us like what was your was your dad excited what how was that oh he was super excited because uh backstory to it he always wanted to come to united states that was his dream because in ukraine just life life is not the same if you work really hard there's uh, no guarantee that you're gonna have a good life it's just that simple in us is different if you're really passionate about something you're doing it there's a good chance you're gonna have a good life you know you had to work mm -hmm. for it in ukraine it's not as country is a little corrupt and uh, everything is more difficult out there it's why there's so many people trying to get out of it mm -hmm. so my dad is uh, his dream was to come over to united states and two years before we won green card lottery uh we went to immigration services and trying to open visa just for me and him to come to us at least for a year because uh we we emailing different people and one guy from wisconsin larry marchander responded to us so we already knew if we come to us he's gonna help us out and uh and we got denied oh no he got denied they told me only i can come and my dad can't and 
we didn't want it that. So we got denied, I would say, even more than once, maybe twice. So that we kind of forgot about that and all, all hope we had just for a green card and it happened. So, and no, because, so was it, was it just you and your dad or um, were, were you guys going to take your, your mother with you or yeah, anything like so, that? So if either my mom or dad end up winning, it means they can take the child who's under 21 years old. Under 21. And, and uh, your siblings were older, right? Yeah, my brother and sister are way older than I am. So I was 16, so I was uh, yeah, be able to come. Yep. Okay, and so um, you guys moved to the United States. Where did you guys end up moving to? Um, so we ended up moving to Wisconsin, and then Larry Marchanda, the guy I was talking about, he, uh -huh. he found us really good high school and Prairie du Chien. It's right by Iowa, and he found a great guy who we can trust is Mel Dow, and his family is awesome. So we end up moving to Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin, right on Mississippi, really tiny town, but uh, it's where we moved. And Mel did everything possible for me to find the partners and trainers and do whatever I can. He was really, he's great. Okay. So, all right, let's, I have a couple different questions, but the first one I want to ask about what, what, the, what that was like for you as a 16 year old boy. So I'm 16 and I can't imagine moving to a different country. Right. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, what was that like for you? How did you cope with it? So I was very excited. You know, I like mm -hmm. changes in my life. I had a big change in 12 when I moved to southern Ukraine. And now there's another big change. And now I'm actually with my mom and dad, which I mm -hmm. didn't see much in the past four years. So it's different. And the biggest thing is English. Right. English right. is big. And uh, honestly, I thought my English was better until. I start talking to people and I don't know what was going on. Like my first <laughs> conversation ever, we talked to Mel for about 10 minutes and we had uh, my dad's friend, Michael mm -hmm. from Chicago. He's, he, he'd been living here 20 years before we came. And so he was our translator, but I couldn't understand the thing they're talking about. And it just like hit me right there in the spot. Like, wow, this is not good. Oh, like, I going to struggle big time. English is, it's huge. And uh, it was tough. It was really tough. So how did you work on it? How did you improve it? Was it just practice or? It's just practice. You just have to be around young kids all the time and trying to speak, trying to communicate. And in the first year was uh, probably the toughest year. Uh, I tried to slowly to communicate, like just saying one, two things, one, two words, you know, and and I was thinking in Ukrainian, obviously. So every time they... <laughs> Ask me something, I have to think from English to Ukrainian and then translate in my head from Ukrainian to English and they say it. And oh, me. man. And my head was hurting that year. It's just brutal, you know. Do you but still think in Ukrainian? No. I would uh, say after two or three years, I started thinking in English. Oh, man. Um, wow. Okay, did you go to high school right away? So, right, I came in March or even April, I'd say end of March. So, you know, high school season almost yep. done and uh, all my credits from Ukraine kind of transferred. So that year, all I had to do just focus on training and they want me to go uh, one more year in high school. You know, I'd be a senior the year after okay. that. But there's a freestyle season in, you know, so I went to different tournaments, things like that. And I won a bunch of them and end up going to northern plains was a big tournament they said there's a lot of really good guys in my way the guys are triple crown champion stuff like that so i got ready and i wrestled northern plains and ended up winning that tournament and then we went and then we just getting ready for fargo mm. and uh and the fargo at the camp i tweaked my acl really bad tweaked my acl mm. really bad and uh i wasn't sure if i'm gonna wrestle and um uh, and I remember that pain kind of started going away a little bit. But I was still, so I, I was just cutting weight. I couldn't run, couldn't do anything. Oh, no. I was cutting to 140 and all I had to do was just pretty much starve myself and because I couldn't put too much pressure in my knee and wrestle at Fargo. And we had really, really good bracket. Was it cadets uh, or juniors? It was juniors. So, it was, mm -hmm. so I was supposed to have two years in juniors. Right. And uh, I thought it was cadets still because in 
cadets and fila is different than yeah than in america CBS. yeah so jump in there and i end up taking third place at fargo that year um i lost to andrew alton who ended up going to penn yeah, state yeah penn state yep and uh I have a lot of good guys. I have Dylan S in my way. I had Will Longa, even maybe James Green. I'm not sure. Whoa! But a lot, of, a lot of good guys in my way, and I'm taking third. So the following year, I'm going to high school, and they rank me second in the country in high school and folk style. And uh, and I was like, how they rank me second if I never wrestle folk style match? It's interesting. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it was funny. And, you never, uh, so you never wrestled a single folk style match, and they're like, you know what, you're the second best in the country. Yeah, so they just put Alton first and put me second. Wow. And uh, so, and nobody even knew me in Wisconsin, so everybody started talking about who's that kid who ended up in rank second, 140. It's weird, <sighs> things like that. And and uh, so, so we get ready for folk style, you know, season and all that. And all of a sudden, I hear I heard a news from a coach that uh, there's a problem, and I don't know if I'd be able to wrestle in folk style. And I was like, why? I, I don't understand that. And uh, they said, well, you had too much credit, and it seems like you don't have eligibility left. What? And uh, I was confused. I don't know what was going on. But the thing is, in Ukraine, I technically didn't finish the year because we mm -hmm. graduate faster. We have only 11 grades out there. But I took some tests right away faster so I could graduate and kind of get my diploma, you know, in Ukraine. So uh -huh. technically I graduated from Ukrainian high school and they transfer all the credits to American high oh. school. And they said, I'm done and I have no eligibility. Whoa. And like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? Like, I really want to wrestle. Like, what am I going to do without wrestling? I cannot even speak English. The only got, only thing I got is wrestling. That's it. It's oh, all I want to do. It's just that simple. And uh, we try multiple times, and Wisconsin Federation never allowed me to wrestle in that year. Wow. So, so you basically, you were just too smart. They're like, sorry, man, you're done with school. Get I out just of had too many credits transferred, and I couldn't wrestle. I was still 16. I wasn't even 17 years old. Smarty pants? Jeez. Or oh. I was 17, I believe. But, yeah. So, yeah, I was just like that, and uh, it was tough. Man, what did you what did you do for training that year? Uh, I still wrestle high school guys. Uh, I've been in the room all the time and I, trying to mess around folk style a little bit. And also Mel uh, brought over a lot of good like Badger because I was in Wisconsin. So Madison Badger guys came mm -hmm. in to train with me and wrestle. So I remember uh, Andrew Howe coming and wrestle with me. I remember Kyle Rochelle coming and wrestle with me. Ooh. I remember some other guys came and uh, Danny Pritzloff was assistant coach came to wrestle with me. So I had I had good training. Uh, some of those guys, I'm also some colleges looking to recruit me too. So they kind of been around and uh, things like that. So uh, and as soon as freestyle season starts again, I never did anything with my ACL. Okay, so I was wrestling. I was good. I was once in a while it was a little painful or not. I thought I was good. I recovered all the way. And as soon as the new freestyle season started, I think first or second tournament, I tweak and I rip my ACL completely. Oh, no. And like all season, I was training. Everything was good. And all of a sudden, just just like that, boom. And, uh, and I had to do surgery. So I ended up doing surgery in June. And mm -hmm. I missed Fargo and everything uh, that year. Oh, man. And, and how uh, old were you this year? You were 17? I was 17, yes. All right. I was 17, and all that happened. Actually, following year, my birthday in June. So I ended up, I think, surgery was, I was just turned 18. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So 16 when I came, and then the circuit, and 17, and 18. So, yeah. yeah. So that happened, and I had to do surgery, and did surgery, and did rehab, and things like that, and and because of that, because I wasn't in Fargo, because I wasn't, you know, competing in high school season, a lot of schools, a lot of programs just stopped talking to me because it seems like I just gone off the scene, you know. Right. And I didn't really speak English. I didn't know all of this process. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Right? And uh, and then when I started recovering, the Larry Marchanda, the guy who 
why we came to Wisconsin. He's uh, from Oshkosh area. He made an offer, say, hey, uh, while you're recovering, we have a really good doctor, Dr. McKenzie. He's a Green Bay Packers doctor. And oh. uh, he can do your rehab in Oshkosh because he's there a couple times a week. And it's a D3 school, University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh. And you can just go there and you do rehab. And while you're recovering, you'll, you might as well take some classes. We're going to help you out. And, uh, and then you go wherever you want to go when you're healthy. Mm. Yeah. And I said, yeah. So I ended up going there and uh, get healthy and start wrestling. So, and I've, you know, and, and the rest is history. Yeah. So, so okay. So, you know, you wrestled at, at D3, you know, Division three wrestling. You were a three-time national champ, correct? Yeah. And you had two undefeated seasons, and then you were OW in uh, of your – of the tournament in 2014. So you had a really, really successful division three, um, you know, career. Um, but how do you think you would have done at division one? That's a good question. It's, mm. uh, I don't know if I'll go in a room go to, I think I'll be doing pretty good. I think I'll be doing pretty good. I mean, I wrestled freestyle and senior level and I beat a lot of, I beat some division yeah. one champions. And uh, be a lot of all Americans, and I think I'll be very competitive. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I cannot say, you know, because I don't know, but I think I'll be competitive. I think I'll be doing okay. Now, sure. okay, what was your was folk style difficult for you? Was it difficult to like understand the rules or or get used to how they ro- wrestle? Yes, as it was difficult. I mean, I mm-hmm. <laughs> that was completely opposite, on parterre especially, top and bottom is. is, is very yeah. different. So, uh, and I messed around one year with high school kids and uh, things like that. So I kind of started that one year, and then the freshman year, with my ACL still, you know, like and big brace. Um, escapes was my weakness. Now we're mm, good on top. Right. Now we're good on top. Escapes my weakness. So, pretty much just wrestle my feet. You know, that's what I did. And uh, as soon as I got cleared to wrestle, uh, I've been, I, I like firemen a lot. I like getting from 2 on one and uh, mm-hmm. kind of control. So every time I figure when I get firemen, you know, I can get near fall off of it. So it's three points. Here we go. So I kind of like get a lot of two back points, get double, make sure I lock it up nice and mm-hmm. nice and high and exposed trying to get back points off of it. So like my thing was always getting to go back points, go back points. Since I'm not the best on bottom and top, uh-huh. I try to improve, you know, every practice. And uh, so it's my first year. I was 12 and all. And uh, for some reason, like I've been really have a big pain in my toe, not my toe, but like my foot. Oh. And in one of the tournaments, I just couldn't like, each match after each match, like it's just getting harder and harder, and I just can't really put any weight on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I end up taping it, end up wrestling the finals, and barely winning because it was really like can't really put much weight on it. So I trying to find a way, and uh, it was my twelfth match, and then I did X-ray and I broke two toes. Uh, Whoa! Two bones in my toe. How'd you do that? So, and I trying to think about how did I do that? And then I did, I jump rope a lot, like right. a lot. I did like challenges, 20, 30 minutes, as much as I can jump for a warm up. or I, I don't really like running as much. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of jump rope and I feel like uh, I had a brace in one leg. So I'm not using one leg as much in another. So maybe right. I overcompensate another leg and I just jump so much. And maybe it's like chronicle thing that. Yeah, up something happening to it, and then tournament and broke completely. So I I don't know really I don't really have answers, but I just assume it's what it is. Mm-hmm. And that was right before conference tournament, and mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't really wrestle. That I mean I wanted to wrestle with a boot on Nagumi, you know the, that boot, yeah, the rounded one, and I mm-hmm. I wanted to wrestle with that, but there's no way they let me, and uh, and the year just went like that. So I know. So that was the end of your freshman year. Yeah. yeah. Got injured before conferences. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was tough. 
it was really tough. And I have to think, I was thinking go to Olympic Center and wrestle freestyle. It was the plan right away. Mm -hmm. But now I was like, well, I, I did something. I started something. And uh, my college never had national champions here. So I want to oh. do something for it. You know, I wanted to win so bad for the school. So I, I decided to be there one more year. You know, and see where it takes me, and uh, and I stick around, and I won uh, my sophomore year. So oh, that's fantastic. Now, do, do you think your freestyle does it does it help you at all in folk style? Does it give you any advantage over the, just the guys who train folk style, or is it was it? Did you feel you were at a disadvantage? Oh, it's, I mean, it's big advantage to wrestle and uh, a high level when I was. Uh, you know, even young, young kid in Ukraine, but a lot of upper body stuff is what helped me a lot. The two mm -hmm. on ones, underhooks, throws from upper body, things like that helped me, you know, a lot. So nobody really wanted to go upper body as much. So, and it helped me. And, and then another side, I, I was slowly, you know, getting better on bottom and top, you know, as, as uh, I wrestle folk style. Mm. Awesome. Dude, that's really awesome. So, okay, what was your first senior level competition for the United States? First one uh, was was a New York tournament. Mm -hmm. okay, so the I, Bill oh, Farrell? Mm, let's see. Yeah, Bill Farrell. Bill Farrell. All right. So, 2014 and fall, Bill Farrell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, it was my first tournament, and I wasn't seated or anything. And I ended up wrestling Haslan Garcia the first match. And he's a three-time Olympian for Canada. He's Ooh. Cuban originally, three-time Olympian, Olympian for Canada. Always at Worlds, like fifth, seventh, up there, but never medal. Really tough guy. And uh, that was my first match. So I knew him really good. And uh, I think he was number one seed and I was unseated. And... Um, See, the first two minutes, there was no score. And he, I remember him getting really pissed and being chippy. Mm -hmm. And we just keep going. And, and he had butted me. And then uh, I remember my eyebrow just cut open. And they Whoa. wrapped my head around and all that. And just keep pressing. They put me in passivity. I didn't score. So, like, after first period, I believe I was down 1-0. And then uh, second period, he, I just remember him just really, really hard to score on. The guy's just solid all around. It's really cannot find the way to score on him. Obviously, huge difference, you know, from Division three level to right. wrestle three-time Olympian. And, uh, and I remember I losing that match. I, I scored maybe one push out, and I know he got takedown on me later on in the match too. So, like 3-1 or so, 4-1, something like that. And then I won two more matches. I beat uh, somebody from America. I don't even remember who. And then I won another match, I, I believe, against Japan. And then I lost in Kansi Semis, I believe mm. so. So I ended up going 2-2 two two my first tournament, senior level. And is, is the, are the senior level competitions in America different than, um, than overseas? Well, obviously, like, there, is there, there's a couple more, right? Because you said in Ukraine that they have, you're wrestling maybe three or four or five times a year. Yeah, right? yeah. As mm -hmm. compared to, you know, especially in the high school and, and collegiate level, you're wrestling two or three times a week almost. Exactly. Yeah. So um, what's the difference between Ukrainian competition and, um, you know, our senior level United States competition? Um, it's not too much different, but the rules in U.S., we always have that American bracketing system. When, yeah. Uh, when, you, when you lost, yeah, you go rap shash and. It's, you have to lose two times before you're out. And uh, in Ukraine or anywhere else in, in the world, you lost first match, your guy don't make to the finals, you're done. Mm. Or, so you hope the guy you lost to makes two finals so you can go to Rapshash. Which do you like better? Um, I like, I like Rapshash more. I like yeah. when, yeah. I mean, if you lose the match, you know, I like to keep going up and uh, until you take... Yeah. No, I'm talking about like American bragging. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. like them more for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's more matches for everybody, you know. And and even here in U.S., you know, there's not many senior level competition. Like you can go, right. for example, grab one year. You can go to overseas maybe once, twice. 
and then you have two, three tournaments in U.S. with Open and Trials and yeah. five to six competitions, still not that many. And if you lose first round to a really tough guy, especially when you're starting, you know, the senior level circuit, and you're not seated yet, and you just rest a really tough guy first round, and maybe he lost his tough match in the semifinals, and you're out, it just, you know, you need to get yeah. those matches in. So I like that one. That's awesome. So, okay, how, um, what year did you represent United States at the World Cup? 2018. 2018, and it was Iran, correct? No, it was in U.S., Iowa City. Oh, oh, okay. I got the wrong year. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what was what was that like for you being on the United States team? You know, the official oh. freestyle team. Oh man, that was that was awesome. That was really good. Um, that was fun. It was really fun. Uh, we've been we had really good training camp before that, and uh, the team looked really good. I was uh, I was Jordan Bro's backup mm -hmm. alternate, and uh, I was I mean it was fun, especially. The one part that was really positive that we won and uh, the World Cup champions, so it was awesome as a yeah. team. The not so much fun part when uh, Jordan wrestled all his four matches and I didn't have a chance to wrestle a match, so I wasn't so fun, you know. But mm. you know, that's rough. Um, so here, here's a question. So, you know, at 74 kilograms, not only in America but all around the world, it's one of the toughest weight classes. There's a lot of really, really good competitors there. Um, you know, it's it's stacked by all accounts. And so, how do you how do you view your peers um, in America? How do you view yourself in the bracket? What's your plan um, to make it to the top? Um, one match at a time. Obviously, there there's a lot of talent in the U.S. There's a lot of tough guys, and uh, coming from, I had better tournament than the so I didn't have the best US Open end up taking six but I had a better uh, New York tournament and where I end up taking third and uh, just to wrestle some of those guys and beating some of those tough guys I know I know I know that I can beat everybody in the bracket it just mm -hmm. it's all a matter to have a really good day and have a really good tournament you know so peak and right time and right moment and uh, it's everything also uh, study opponents, you know, you know everybody yeah. what they're doing, and you, but you you can know everything in the world, but you need to execute. So coming to the day, you know, every time to the tough tournaments, you need to execute and uh, study. Obviously, opponents know what, what to expect from them, but also each opponent have weaknesses, you know, right. and just to know that. And just apply my techniques to it, where I can, you know, execute and win the match. It just kind of brings extra confidence to my level, you know. Mm -hmm. So I know that everybody's very beatable, and uh, I just gotta trust the training, go there, and do the job. That's it. Awesome, man. Um, did you was studying film like was like scouting your opponents? Was that uh, big in Ukraine? It is big in Ukraine. Yes. Huh. Yeah, and uh, I take into to a different level. I take into a completely different level when I have each opponent written down and uh, know everything about them. Watch a bunch of matches and them, and uh, I'm I'm that kind of guy. I'm I'm more of a, a tactic kind of guy. Mm. So I'm not just go there and just go hard hard for seven minutes, six minutes. It's not me. I'm more of a tactic guy, strategy guy. That's what that's what I'm known for. That's awesome. Um, okay, so a couple last few questions. So, how long do you intend on competing? Um, uh, honestly, my my plan was to compete about six years. So, I, at first, I enter circuit. I'll see compete through twenty sixteen and see mm -hmm. what happens. Then I decided to compete for four more years. So, my plan was to be most likely be done after twenty twenty circuit. So. So it will, but now that it's a year, would you you'll just wait yeah. one more year? Awesome. Uh, what do you? So, yeah. Well, what do you plan to do after you're done competing? Um, uh, I'm really passionate about coaching, so mm. I would like to do that after work. Either it's in college or open the, my own wrestling club, which is a lot of time I put into my thinking as well. So either whatever level it is, maybe be RTC coach would be awesome. 
you know, would you consider, you know, would you keep living in, uh, in Wisconsin? Um, yes, uh, I really like Wisconsin. I love mm. this state. It's a great state, but if I have a really good opportunity somewhere else and uh, I will consider moving. Oh, awesome. Um, okay. So what, you know, what kind of goals do you have for your future? What are some things that you want to accomplish outside of wrestling? Um, obviously you said coaching, but well, what about outside of wrestling? What do you want to do with your life? Well, so, you know, I very fortunate to meet so many people on my way through the wrestling world mm-hmm. and uh, to move to U.S. And there's always somebody who always, without those people, I'll be really hard to accomplish anything. So I'm just very fortunate to meet so many people who helped me in the way. So the least I can do after I'm done competing is to give up, uh, to give, to, you know, give, yeah. give up everything, my knowledge, everything to, to, to young guys, you know, to, to guys like I was used to be, you know, when I was came to this country or when I was a little kid, you know, just to, just to give my knowledge to give everything I can to the, give it the back. yeah, to give it back. So I feel like the best way to do it is, uh, do camps uh, to maybe do speeches, you know, and uh, anything I can do in order to make the sport of wrestling better in the community and the country. So that's very admirable. Like, yeah, thank that's, you. That's really cool. Um, so okay, what what's something that a lot of people just don't really know about you? You know, you know, you. So for uh, something I was thinking about is since you never wrestled Division One, you know, you didn't have the same kind of exposure as, um, as a lot of these, these, you know, young college guys coming up. Cause you know, we have flow wrestling, we have big 10 there. There's always cameras on these guys. And so people get to kind of know who they are. Whereas you, you wrestled D3. You're not, you're not even, you know, you, you're from Ukraine, a different country. You moved in here, kind of just popped on the scene. No one really knows what's going on. So, so as a result, people don't really know who you are as a person. Um, and, and your character. So, so tell us some things about you that people might not really know. That's really, it's really a good question. And yeah, it's true. Uh, folk style and NCA is huge in here, and uh, way more like, like more people attached to the folk style and NCA tournament yeah. than senior circuit. Unfortunately, it's it's what I'm seeing right now. So I hope that maybe in the future, you know, uh, senior level athletes get appreciated a little more. Yeah, not just the guy who winning, but everybody. You know, there's it's a, it's a lot of tough guys out there in the circuit, and uh, everybody you know deserve that little uh, little popularity because they're putting mm-hmm. their you know soul out there. So, but what people don't know about me, I'm so my hobbies. What I really like to do, and what I've been doing a lot before big tournaments, just to kind of keep myself down, is uh, I play a lot of golf. Golf. Yep. Play Whoa. a lot of golf. Yeah. And uh I'm not I'm not really good at it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like the best. I can I even shoot like even par after all. But I'm getting I'm I'm getting I'm getting there as some good shots. And I just love golf. I like to be spending time outside and walk around, play some golf. I love that. That's awesome. And, uh, when did you start playing golf? I would say in college. In college. Start starting college, start going out with my friends. Play a little so and um, yeah, I've been playing since. I love it. Love the game. Yeah, fantastic. So. Is there anything else you uh, you like to pursue? Any other hobbies? And overall, I just love any games. Yeah. <laughs> People that know, like every time we go in to overseas tournaments, anything, I'm take off and I'm always challenge people. Go basketball. Go uh, anything can be spike <laughs> ball. Love spike Sp- ball, dude. I love spike ball. Spike I'm not ball, good, awesome. but spike ball's fun, man. It's a fun game. Yep. So if ping pong, like even in Olympic Center, Kevin Jackson invite everybody to their house. We have like 40 guys just playing ping pong tournament and <laughs> end up winning it all. So yeah. I'm, I'm a game guy. So I'm all about that. Not just not like virtual stuff. I, I play like sport games like an Xbox, like 2K mm-hmm. or madden or fifa i like that but i i don't do that shooting once i'm not really good at that but like <laughs> sport and games and all that kind of stuff You're like competitive. I, i'm in yeah, i'm all in i love the competition outside of wrestling and i feel like 
I don't know if it gets more competitive than I am in all those little sports. So what's your second so best I, sport? That's what I do. What's second your second best, best sport out of wrestling? Oh man, I I want to believe ping pong. I think yeah, I think ping pong. Yeah, yep. A lot of people <laughs> challenged me. A lot of people thought they're really good. Uh, Jordan Oliver actually thought he was the best wrestler who played ping pong until he met me and I beat him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so we play in Olympic Center. We play a lot um, ping pong. We used to. Now the table's out, so it kind of sucks. But mm. yeah, it's fun. Or spike ball, um, man, anything. So I just love to stay active, you know, outside of wrestling. I love to play some games and stay active and even go to disc golfing and anything, you know. That's yeah. what I do. I cannot sit still at home and just, it's not me. So that's awesome. That's really, really cool. So, Nazar, hey, man, thank you so much for, for coming on. I really, really appreciate you getting to hear from you and, and getting to learn more about you. It was really special for me. Um, you have a really great story that unfortunately isn't, you know, well known. So let's let's do our part and, um, and it help, you know, people get to know you. And so that's that's it was really cool. And I, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on. Awesome, man. Thank you. I appreciate having me. Dude, it's 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 my pleasure. Um, before you go, would you like to leave our listeners with just one thought, one thing that they can take away from this interview? Um, yeah, uh, I would say one thing take away: just whatever you do, be a student of that. So if I'm mm -hmm. a wrestler, okay, I'm I'm trying to be a student of a sport as much as I can. So there's little things that make big difference for example you want to be the best wrestler in the world and something i pursue still but i'm trying to be i'm just study there's a lot of opportunities there. there's a youtube you can watch so many good matches of the best wrestlers in the world and yeah. uh and be a student of a sport same same as uh, you know you compete your competition you know you're trying to figure out how to beat them maybe it's simpler than you think maybe they just needed to work on two things that you know, maybe the guy was shooting singles and you couldn't stop it, just that, or finishing your high crotches because you couldn't. Simple things like that. Just spend time, you know, have a purpose every practice you do from being a student of the sport. Mm. Something that, that I picked up and uh, I feel like helps me a lot, but whatever you do, have that purpose, okay? And uh, everything's yeah. going to pay off eventually. Really fantastic. Um so, guys, hey, thank you for, for tuning in to this, uh, another interview of Home Mad Advantage Wrestling Podcast. Thank you to Nazar. Thank you for, you know, what a, what a memorable interview. That was really, really special, and I'm really glad you could make it. So thank you guys for listening, and, you know, we will see you guys next time.